It's always something of a mystery and a challenge to begin preparations to be the Sunday preacher. The lessons are laid out in the official book. The whole Episcopal Church and quite a few other denominations use essentially the same list readings every Sunday. I always realize that no matter what I say about today's readings, thousands of other preachers are meditating and saying something else about them. But this morning in the Diocese of El Camino Real, our minds and hearts are not necessarily on theology or preaching because yesterday we elected a new bishop and that took precedent over today's lessons. Of course, when I wrote this sermon, I didn't know who would have been chosen. Clergy and lay delegates from all over the diocese met yesterday at St. Andrews and have prayerfully chosen the one who will lead us on. There were five excellent candidates, and as a friend from Salinas said only a week ago, I have carefully listened, listened again, analyzed, and mostly pray, and I guess I could feel blessed with any of them. And so the El Camino Real is blessed with Canon Lucinda Ashby. She's from the Diocese of Idaho, and you will learn more about her today, I think, from Father Ricardo. So what difference does a new bishop make for an individual parish? The bishop usually shows up at St. Luke's once a year, sometimes not quite that often. The diocesan headquarters are down in Salinas. We're part of a diocese that stretches from Palo Alto to Arroyo Grande. So how much does this new chapter affect us here at St. Luke's? If you've attended the two presentations by Pat Waddell recently, you know a lot about our structure and history. We're, we're part of the worldwide Anglican communion. And as the name tells us, the home base of this affiliation is England. Church of England, as you know, broke from Rome in the 1500s partly over the granting of a divorce, but also because of the influence of the Protestant Reformation on the continent. In England, for centuries thereafter, everyone was presumed to be a member of the Church of England, was baptized, married, and buried from the parish church. The village vicar was there to perform the services on Sunday and the special events of each village or town. The vicar is not really like our parish priest, but was appointed by the bishop of the diocese and was the vicarious presence of the bishop. A few large parishes had priests of their own. Within the history of Christianity, the early bishops were the representatives of the church in his town or district. They taught, presided at worship. They commissioned deacons to take care of more practical needs like distributing food and medical care. And when the number of Christians increased through time, the bishop couldn't be present often enough in every town, so the order of priests was enlarged. Now in our church, each diocese still has a bishop, each church has a priest or shares a priest, and many parishes have a deacon who still has special duties of outreach and teaching and social work. Actually, our food pantry is doing the work that once would have been done by deacons. So every diocese has a bishop who is the chief pastor and teacher, and in the whole Anglican communion, this is true. The, a bishop is the spiritual leader and also a kind of CEO. In most parts of the world, in churches in communion with the Church of England, bishops are appointed 
by the Archbishop or a presiding bishop or even by the Archbishop of Canterbury. But in the American branch of the Anglican Church, we elect our bishops, giving votes to lay people as well as clergy. It is thought to be most unusual and slightly scandalous by the rest of the Church of England and all of the Anglican Communion. Lay people voting for a bishop? Now, as Pat Waddell recently shared in his talks, the men who wrote the Constitution of the US also wrote the guidelines for the structure of the new branch of Anglicanism. There were already Anglican priests in the colonies, but there were no bishops. And each bishop has to be consecrated by at least three other bishops. So when a priest, Samuel Seabury, was selected by the clergy and people of the Anglican Church in America, he went to the British Isles. But in England, the ordination promise included loyalty to the English monarch, and it still does. And Samuel Seabury decided he could not swear an oath to King George. So he went north, he went to Scotland, and he went to the Anglican Church of Scotland, and they made no such demand. So the first American bishop was ordained by three bishops of the Anglican Church in Scotland. And I thought it very fitting that our new bishop was elected in a parish dedicated to the patron saint of Scotland, St. Andrews. The line of Anglican bishops stretches back to the beginnings of Christianity, and our new bishop, now a priest, will be consecrated by three other bishops, and each of them was ordained by three bishops, and you can see that ancient line stretching back to the beginnings. So when we hear in today's lessons of the first missionaries of the church, like Paul, Silas, Luke, we're viewing the first leaders ordained by Christ. Our new bishop will be the one to ordain new deacons, new priests, in that same long line of interlocking commissions. Bishops have placed their hands on the heads of priests and deacons throughout the centuries. And so El Camino has chosen our next leader, both our spiritual head and our teacher and guide. And she will become one in a series that goes back 2,000 years. In Acts today, we're returned to the beginning of that progression from Jesus to Lucinda. We hear of the first teachers, workers of healing, believers in the rightness of Jesus' example. And here at St. Luke's, we hear of the ancient words and works just as the next in line comes to share and lead our lives in the church. The apostles were shaken by a strong earthquake. Here within eight miles of the Loma Prieta epicenter, we understood what happened to them, perhaps more than many churchgoers in the country this morning. When we are shaken by our own earthquakes, geological or spiritual, we must stay firm and remember our place in the long line of belief. We do not run away, even when our walls crumble. When we feel inadequate about our abilities and enterprises, we must remember that we have chosen Jesus, and Jesus has chosen us. He's invited us. As we hear in Revelation, let anyone who wishes take the water as a gift of life. We have chosen the gift, and we have chosen our bishop to help lead us into Christ's salvation.
Amen.